0: first book Genesis. Uh, We're going all the way back to the beginning today and uh, we're going to be looking at the story of Noah. And um, y'all bear with me because I got to get through three chapters of scripture this morning and um, we might be here a while. I'm just kidding. Genesis chapter number six is where we will start. We're in this series um, titled family and uh, what we want to do over the next a couple of weeks is talk about the meaning of family, why it's important to have family, why it's important to have your church family. Last week, uh, we looked at a, a title of belonging to the family, and we, we saw that it was important to belong. And this week, what we're going to look at is equipping the family, equipping the family. And So we're going to look at the story of Noah. Uh, I, I struggled with this a little bit this week, uh, sitting Wednesday morning, um or Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, having no idea where I was going with it. I was looking all through the New Testament, and me and Tiff started talking about it. And uh, we, we started talking about Noah, and we started talking about having him having the faith and him equipping the family. And I was like, you know, I'm preaching on equipping. And so she said the word equip, and I started reading the story and started getting into it, and I was like, yeah, this is it. And then uh, Wednesday, it all came crashing down. You probably know by now she had a kidney stone, and uh, the rest of the week was history. And uh, but it was a it was a good week of, of study. And, and this may be a message today um, that that maybe you've never heard from maybe this side, maybe this point of view. Uh, it may be something that uh, people may think. But the story of Noah goes much past him building an ark. Um, uh, to save the world, and we see Noah in this passage being a man um, that served his family well, and he equipped them with everything that they were going to need to survive. Listen, if we're if we're going to be a, a a family that's going to build solid uh, family relationship, family equipping a solid foundation for the many years to come, we have to equip the family with our utmost responsibility. Uh, our main goal is not to uh, fill up the sanctuary with people, as although that that is that is beautiful. Uh, Tana has proved today that we can put uh, more than five or six on a pew, and uh, we've got eight people on a pew, so uh, we know we can put them in here. Okay? But it's not about filling the church up, although it would be beautiful; it would be a precious sight. But our goal should simply be to make disciples that make disciples. Uh, It it starts with equipping the family. And and if you've been a a churchgoer for for any amount of time in your life, our passage this morning shouldn't be new with Noah. In Genesis 6, the story starts with all of this wickedness on earth. The the snapshot that we can gather uh, here from this in the first eight verses, we're not going to read all this because I will take all of my time reading this morning. Uh, But those first eight verses... It is all about the world being so corrupt that God was displeased. God was ultimately feeling hurt. Like he didn't know what to do at that point. Like he, he saw so much mischief. He saw so much um, displeasing, so much sin. He was hurt because there was so much evil, so much pain taking place that it that it grieved God, the Bible says. He couldn't stand to look at it. But in verse 7. God says, I'm sorry that I even made man. But in verse 8, we read that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so the first thing I want to I talk to you about is Noah's faith. We're going to look at Genesis 6, verses 13 through 22. 13 through 22, and we'll talk about Noah's faith. God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, its width 50 cubits, and its height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above, and set the door of the ark in its side. You shall make it with lower, second, and third decks. So just imagine how big this thing is going to be. And behold, I myself am bringing floodwaters on the earth to destroy from under heaven, all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons as wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. To keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Of the birds after their kind, of animals after their kind, of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all the food that is eaten, and that you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did, according to all that God commanded him. So he did it. So Noah receives this list of instructions. Okay, has anybody ever been to Cincinnati? Is it Cincinnati where the Ark Encounter is? Anybody been there? I, I've been. I, I don't know if it's Cincinnati or not. I've been there. Um, you get you get there, and like, my goodness, that thing is huge. Hey, so just imagine. Just imagine the picture that Noah's getting at this point. This list of instructions. Like, he's trying to figure out gopher wood. Like, where am I going to get gopher wood? It's sunshine outside, God. And you're telling me to build an ark? They had, they'd had, never seen rain before. Never experienced a drop of rain in their life. It is of the belief that... Um, that this would be the first time that that rain would ever fall onto the earth, but even if it had, here is God telling Noah to build this ark in broad sunlight. Okay, and and, and we often wonder, like, what would we do if we were in that position, like Noah was? Think about it. Go build this big ark. No, Noah, Noah had to have thought God was crazy. You know, like, you want me to do what? <laughs> And and, and it's going to rain for how long? What's rain? Uh, There had to be some kind of emotion for Noah. But when we look at verse 22, after God told all of these things to Noah, all of these directions were given, the Bible says that Noah did all that God commanded him to do. There was no flinch. uh, There was no hesitation. Noah did it. No questions asked. You see, in our, in our human flesh, in our sinfulness, we will look at God and say, God, it's not worth it. Why are you telling me to do that? But we serve a God that knows best. Noah's faith was so strong. Noah's faith was so evident, evident in this moment, that he had a relationship with God. Why else would he have done it? Hey, it, it was evident that, that he would have this uh, strong belief in God. Why else would he have done it? Why else would he follow the instructions? There was uh, no hesitation. But think about it. How often are we in hesitation to God instead of submission to God? How often do we hesitate taking the step, knowing God's calling us to do it, instead of just saying, yes, Lord, I'll do it. We just sang a song, yes, I will lift you high. Yes, I will in the valleys. Yes, I will even when we're on top of the mountains. We've got to have faith this morning like Noah to follow the instructions with no hesitation, with with really uh, a a stronger faith. I've been reminded this week that when God tells us to start building, we better start building. When God tells us to do something, we better start doing it. When God says to start equipping, when God says to begin working, when He gives us those instructions, which is the blueprint for your life, may I add, we don't need to hesitate because He holds the master plan in His hands. Hesitation only prolongs the plan. And I think we, we, we also recognize that that His faith had had paid off. You know, think, think about this ark. He was able to follow this, follow this blueprint. He didn't have IKEA directions on this. Uh, he, he had it right in front of him. This is this is how big it needs to be. This is where the door needs to go. He didn't have to. He didn't have those three D models. Have you seen those things? Like now, commercial real quick. So so when you go to build something these days, like we have gotten so technology advanced that you have to download an app in order to build the furniture that you got for your house. And, and you'll download this app, and it'll say step one. And it'll show you <laughs> this 3D model of what it should look like. Anybody done that before? Uh, me and Tiff, I, don't, I think it was our dresser that we bought um, for our new house a year ago. And uh, we, we, we opened up this package. There was no instructions. It had a QR code. Everybody knows what a QR code, right? Right? You take the QR code, you take it, you take your phone out. Like I had never seen a QR code uh, to do in my life. Never done it before, and it leads you to this app that you download. Noah didn't have all of that, okay? Noah didn't. Noah didn't even have the Bible to go back to. He didn't have Genesis six to go read. Like God's like, hey, go read Genesis six. It'll tell you everything there. No, he didn't have that. He had to like probably remember this verbatim of what he needed to do. He had to he had to go gather all of this wood. Where was he going to get it from? Not to mention all the animals that he had to find. He had he had to get his family to come along on the ark with him. That that's a step of faith in itself. To follow to, fa- to follow your father to follow your father in law to say hey maybe your husband to say hey we're going to get on this uh. We're going to get on this thing I built for 40 days. It's probably going to be longer than that, though, because the water's got to recede, too. You know, it took two weeks after that. So 40 40 days plus another two weeks. So around 54 to 60 days, they were probably on this ark. Not to mention, think about how long it took him to build it. Noah's sitting there having all of this faith to say, okay, God's told me to do this. There was no hesitation. On his part. There there was no questioning. There was just saying, Yes, Lord, I'll do it. And and get it, like, if he wouldn't have done it, we wouldn't be here today. And so I think I think we have to recognize that the faith paid off in the long run. You no, know, following that blueprint that, that God gave him to build, and and because of all of that faithfulness. He saved his family. He saved the world. He saved us. God saved us in that moment. And if we can follow the instruction, the majority of the plan is already completed. But his faith carried him in this moment. And because of his faith carrying him, he was able to equip his family. Your faith today can equip your family too. Your faith today can equip our church family. Without faith, we have nothing to stand on. But with faith, we have everything to look forward to. Number two this morning, I want to look at Noah's provision and his obedience. Let's look at Genesis chapter number 7. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. The story just kind of continues. Then the Lord said to Noah, Come into the ark, you and all your household, because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female. Two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female. Also seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. For after seven more days I will cause it to rain on the earth. Forty days and forty nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made, and Noah did listen to this, and Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters We're on the earth. In Genesis 6, we see nothing but provision and obedience here. Uh, These specific instructions, once again, continue. God gave Noah all of these things, that he would gather up these animals, that he would gather up his family, they'd get into the ark, and they would be ultimately safe. Once again, Noah could have just simply said no. Simply said no. He He could have stomped his feet. He could have threw a fit. But instead he listened and he was in complete obedience to God in this moment. How how often do we kick and scream at God? I did it this week. Look, my my week went went south come Wednesday. Um I love my wife and I dropped everything I was so I get this phone call. Hey, Mr. McDonald, your wife is in excruciating pain. She's in the floor, she's crying. Do you want us to call an ambulance? Like uh, <laughs> uh I'll come get her, I'll come get her, because I could have got there quicker than the ambulance would have got there. I don't know what I was going to do when I got there, but but that, that was my thinking. And so I get her, and uh, at that point, the whole week just became this big blur in, in that moment. Because, you know why? Because my focus was on my wife. It was on It was on my family. In church, like, if we want to equip our family, then the focus has to be on the family. You know, yeah, sure. Uh, there, there were things on the schedule uh, for the rest of the week. Look, I, evidently, I missed a meeting Wednesday night that I didn't even know about. Um, I, I got the voicemail on Thursday. Uh, because my family was the focus. And, and when the family becomes the focus, then that's the number one thing that's going on in your life. But it's all the other noise that goes on in this life that distracts us from the main thing. Church, if church is not a priority to your family, then it will never be a main thing. Church has to be a priority. If building your family on the solid rock, the solid foundation of Christ is going to be of importance, then it's got to be in the schedule. It's got to be. Worship has to be in the schedule. I, I, I saw it fitting today. I read I read my devotion um, before church this morning We're in Matthew 12, Matthew 13 now as a church. And uh, I'm reading reading it. And it's talking about the Sabbath day. You know, keeping it holy. Remembering what the Sabbath is. And I I saw it so fitting that that would land on a Sunday morning for me to put it back into perspective that it was important to my family. Provision for my family. Noah heeded these instructions. Honestly, in, in Noah's mind, he may have been thinking... I have to do this. I have to be the dad my kids need. i got to be the husband that my wife needs. i got to provide. If I say no, they're going to die. I have to equip my family so that we can survive. And so provision for for the family and and the animals came in chapter 7, Genesis, where where we see that Noah uh, began to gather up everything according to the Scripture, all these instructions. Their lives were going to be on the line. Uh, he had to make sure that he would get all of the animals, that, that he wouldn't leave anybody behind. He found out in this that uh, in seven days, at this point, the water is going to come. The rain is going to start falling. And so, like, the enemy would go crazy because I stress over having to get my clothes on in the mornings and getting out of the house on time. Uh, Noah's sitting here saying, i got to gather all of these animals up. i got to get all this food, all this vegetation, so that we can survive, and I've got seven days to do it. There was no sitting around at that point. Uh, there was probably no sleep at that point. And then, and then he's got to find out which, which animals are clean and unclean. <laughs> like, Can you imagine him just running around trying to gather this up? But it was commitment. He was committed to it. He was committed to see it through. Commitment to invest time, to invest energy, to be consistent, to be diligent. Providing for the family isn't just making sure they're clothed and fed, but they are being brought up in the nourishment of the Lord. I I love verse 5 because once again we just see willingness out of Noah, obedience out of Noah. The Bible says Noah did according to all that the Lord had commanded him. The main point that I can tell you this morning is that if we're going to equip our families, we have to do what he commands us to do. No hesitation. His obedience would would set a standard. Uh, it's just as, as, as it can set a, a standard for us. His obedience would uh, bring results for uh, a generation to come, just as our obedience to Christ can do the same. He absolutely modeled what it would look like to equip his family, to equip his family with God. He did it with love, uh, he did it with a compassion as he just gathered it up, and he did it with the outlook. That he was going to save everyone from death. I don't know about you, but that's that's pretty that's pretty stout obedience, uh, pretty stout provision. But there's one more thing I really want us to look at, and that's Noah's salvation. Noah's salvation. I want you to think about this. For 120 years, Noah's had faith in God. Probably preaching. No converts remaining at this point. 120 years, warning people that God's about to destroy them, but there's no flood. Can can you imagine God at this point? God God was so frustrated with the world that He just wiped it out. There's been many thoughts go through my head. I'm 31 years old. and, and, And really, you know, you don't start thinking about the longevity of life until you get out of those teenager years and you, you get into college and you start you start like... I used to say, God, you can't come back now because I've been in school my whole life. I haven't been able to enjoy life. But man, I, I'm just waiting. I'm yearning for the day that he comes back. Like, I don't know about you. There's so much wickedness in the world today. We're so much better off in heaven than on earth. Uh, I, I I sometimes uh, get jealous uh, when when... when uh, family members get to, to experience glory, and I'm sitting here. But you know, it's something to look forward to. Noah's salvation at this point was was really all about God and, and the provision that that God had given him. But 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 now we don't really know how long it took for Noah to build this this boat that we've been talking about. Some say. It could have taken 55 to 75 years to build this boat. Others say it took 120 years. But either way, imagine you building an ark for the majority of your life and the rain has still not come. Some of you may, may feel that in a different way today. You've been waiting on an answer for the last 10 years. Maybe it's only been 10 weeks you've been waiting to hear from God for so long but well, you haven't got no clear instruction you haven't you haven't gotten a clear answer yet many would die in this time frame thinking that this life was a failure some would be walking by Noah building this ark mocking him making fun of him man saying this man's crazy watch out for that guy others would probably think he had Had heard God wrong. Like, are you sure he told you to do this? You've been building this thing for a long time, man. I mean, can you just imagine? And not to I mean, you can't walk through the community and not see it, right? Like, this thing's huge. And so either, either he's he's crazy, or he's on a different wavelength with God at this point, because these people just weren't understanding it. They weren't seeing it. There was so much cruelty, so much sin in their life that God was the last thing they were thinking about. People were probably asking, hey man, when's the the flood coming? You said there was a flood coming. When's it going to happen? He would probably respond and they'd probably laugh just like we would today. No no one knew what was going on. And this was was, uh, as real of a picture as ever. His faith in God was real. What was the result from all of this faith and obedience that him and his family were going to be saved? They they became stronger as a family unit that they would equip each other. Parents, let me me say, there there should be no greater joy for you than to know that your children walk with the truth. I I so look forward to today that my daughter looks at me and says, Daddy, I'm ready. I, I, I so look forward to that. And look, there's, there's, not a, there's not a person that's more equipped than to lead her to Jesus than her father. And I pray that's, that's true in your life today. You don't, you don't need a preacher. You don't need a teacher. You don't need a Sunday school teacher. Church, you should be equipped to lead your family to Jesus. That's our job. That's our duty. Children's ministry, youth, youth ministry workers, there should be no greater joy then do you have the opportunity to lead these students to Jesus? Sure, movie nights are fun. (laughs) But if it points them to Jesus, praise God for it. Playing, Playing soccer in the field is fun with the kids. But if it points them to Jesus, praise God for it. And it should be no greater joy to us than to share the love of Jesus with them. You know, we, we do so with our walk and our faith in the Lord let let it be let it be so poured out to them that they want what you have make it evident that your faith and your trust is in Jesus don't ever let them question that don't ever let them see an attitude don't ever let them see a demeanor that would cause them to question is that person really a believer or not you know every week uh, Riley comes comes home she has a she has a Bible verse to memorize at school, at, at her school and it, it always challenges me and, and mommy to do that with her, um, like I, I've memorized like twenty seven verses of Scripture this year along with her, and uh, it's been it's been cool. But this week it was Acts Acts six uh, thirty one, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Like she has no idea really what she's saying yet, but it's getting engraved in her mind and her heart. They only memorized uh, that part of the verse, but the end of it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. If we will equip ourselves to know Jesus, if we will, if we will just equip ourselves to know Jesus, if we, will, if we will take our relationship with Christ seriously, if we will bring up our houses in the right way, we have to trust that He will save the whole household in the end. It's contagious. That's what I loved about youth ministry when I worked with youth. I I loved it because it was so contagious. When one of the students would give their life to Jesus, they're like, hey, I want what they've got. It would be, I called it the domino effect of student ministry. It would be one after another. The Spirit of God was real. The Spirit of God was strong. It was contagious. Church, I'm telling you, get on that fire, catch it. Let it ablaze and tell everybody that you can about the one that died for you. So others will become followers because of your obedience. Think about it. This time Noah, Noah didn't have a Bible. He, he, didn't have, he didn't have the precious word to hold like we do today. He, he did not have Paul's letters to go by. He didn't didn't have all of that encouragement from Paul. He didn't didn't have a a psalm or a proverb to read every day. He literally had the voice of God and that was it. His faith would have to become strong. And in chapter 8, we can read that after the 40 days, the rain stopped. He opened the windows of the ark to send out a raven and a dove. And after two weeks or so of doing that, we're told that the dove did not return, which meant they were good to get off the ark. Look at Genesis eight, fifteen through 19, really quick. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you birds and cattle and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every animal, every creeping thing, every bird and whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of that ark. Because of Noah's faithfulness, because of his obedience, along with his trust in the Lord, He became became heir of of righteousness, which is by faith. Noah believed God. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And all of this comes back full circle from what God told Noah in the very beginning. All the way back in Genesis 6. when When we listen to the instructions, when we follow his blueprint, when we follow that master plan, he is going to remind us of what he promises from the very beginning. I don't remember a, a whole a whole lot the night that the Lord called me to preach, and called me into ministry. Like I, it was such a blur that night, mainly because I was in shell shock. Um, but I do remember God whispering to me when when I was sitting in that pew or that auditorium um, to go to go to go near the front, and, and I felt that nudge to go. I went up. I was crying, didn't know why I was crying. Uh, didn't really know what was going on. I just said, God just said, go. And it was almost like I didn't even take the step, like God made me take that step. And I took the step up and didn't even know why I was standing around with a bunch of these students. I was at a camp. Didn't even know why I was there. And the guy just says, there's people in this crowd tonight. There's people standing down here in front of me. They're being called to proclaim God's Word. Proclaim to be bold. And you that have taken a step tonight, you've been bold. And I remember that so clearly. And then it's almost like I wanted to fall to my knees and just cry my eyes out. Because I knew what God was telling me to do. But I heard a still, small voice. Just that that inkling of a voice. That God, God would say... If you take this step, if you if you'll just if you'll distrust me, I promise you I've got you. And at 17 years old, I had no idea. And I, I, I held it in for almost a year. Like a, a straight year of not really telling anybody that was going what was going on in my life. My parents knew. But but it was a scary step. And, And usually that first step of obedience is always the hardest. It's always the hardest. And along with all of this in Noah's situation, God would give Noah this covenant in which he would promise that he would never flood the earth again, that this rainbow would be a sign to always remember that promise and that he charges Noah and the family and all of those animals to be fruitful and to multiply the earth, to populate the earth again. The main thing that I want you to apply from this story, as we look to equip our family here at Cross Life in 2023, if we're going to equip our families, we have to do all that he commands us to do. I, I saw one pastor say it this way, the degree of our faith is not what saves us. However, we can all practice genuine faith. Because genuine faith changes your heart and it produces a changed life. Can you say this morning that your life has been changed because of the salvation of Jesus Christ? And if it has not, then this morning you can make that change in your life. There's no better time than today than to give your life to Christ. If you are a believer today, my challenge to you is to be obedient in your walk be obedient to being equipped and raised up in the knowledge and understanding of a faith-filled life. Every step you take, every step that's gonna that you take will solidify your building up and your equipping of your family and the families here at Cross Life and here to come. There is a place for you to get started in getting equipped. You can you can join one of our groups that we have here at the church. Uh, we we've got growth groups for every age group. We got our kids that meet mostly on Sunday mornings. They meet alongside our ladies' ministry on Thursday night. We have our ladies' group. We have our youth group that meets weekly. We have our men's group that we're going to start gathering together once a month and hopefully that that becomes more. We want to do life together. We want more groups. We want everybody to have a part. We want to do life with each other. You know... I think about this too like if your if your prayer is on any given day if cross life isn't on that prayer list I need you to add it and I need you to start diligently praying for the spirit of God to move into this place like it has never moved before That, that when people drive by 205 Newsome Road like they get chill bumps because of what's going on they don't even know. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that situation before? Like, you just, you're just like, man, there's something good going on there. And you don't even know anything about the situation? That's what we want. We want the Spirit to draw them here. But church, we have to activate ourselves. In order to activate ourselves, we've got to move past the Sunday morning, and we got to get outside these walls. In closing this morning, I'll leave you with this. Benny's going to come and lead the invitation this morning. There, there's so much work to be done. There, we we have we have barely seen the statistic drop in four and a half years of people needing Jesus in this county. We all need to be a part of that, and you have the gifts and you have the talents to do it. How do we equip our teams? How do we equip our families? We do it through Scripture. We lean on the Bible 100%, not by popular opinion or man-made thoughts. We do it through serving our community well. We do it through supporting each other. And we do it through building our love and compassion for others, along with our church family. Mary, if you'll come on forward. If we can do those things, I promise you, we will equip our church for the generations to come just like Noah did. If we can focus on him and focus on all the things that, that he wants and we would, we would seek him and we would seek his word and we would pray and we would be diligent in that prayer, I promise you that he will answer your Christ. Church, what are you crying out to the Lord for today? Let's cry out to him together. During this invitational time. Let's pray. Lord we love you. God thank you for. Sending your son Jesus. In our place. Lord thank you for a story like Noah. Where we're just reminded. To be obedient. To equip. To raise up. Lord I. I. I know in a, in a crowd this size, in a room this size, that there are people from all walks of life. There are people right now that are in that pew and they're, they're struggling. There's people that have had a really good week. There's people that may have had a really bad week. There's people that have a strong relationship with you, but there's also people that may have a weaker relationship with you or no relationship with you. And God, today my prayer is this, that you would call us out. Lord, that you would call us out to be more obedient if we need to be more obedient. Lord, that you would call us out if we need a relationship with you today. Lord, that we would not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, if we leave this place today and we say that we're all believers, praise God for that, but we have work to do. And Lord, it stops. It It doesn't stop right here on the Sunday morning service. We've got people to invite. We've got friends and family to invite. We've got a community to invite. We've got neighbors that we need to talk to. We've got, we've got workers that 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 work alongside of us every single day that we need to ask if they have a relationship with Jesus or not. The time is now. Lord, I, I pray that we would be passionate about building our church up, equipping our church to be, to be builders of our faith, to be strong, to, to be brought up reading scripture, to be praying. Lord, that, that we would be strong in building our families up, that you would be the priority in our households. Lord, would you just have your way, would you have your will during this invitational time that there's people that need to come and just say a simple prayer at the altar, would you have them come? Lord, if there's somebody that needs to talk, would you draw them to talk to Benny? Lord, but you move how you see fit? And may you be glorified in everything that we say or do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all stand with us. We're going to sing Amazing Grace close out our service today. If you need to come, you come. Altar is open for you today.